You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. I I don't know, Brother Gary. I I don't see myself doing something for God. I'm too intimidated. I'm too shy. I'm too this. I'm too that. Hey, you've got to face your fears. You've got to be willing to step out on the water and let God use you anyway. You'd be surprised at what God can do with five loaves and two fishes. You'd be surprised at what God could do with a loudmouthed fisherman called Peter. Amen? You'd be surprised what God could do with somebody shy and timid like I was when I was a teenager. It's pretty much universal. No matter who you are or where you grew up, What you had or what you didn't, everyone keeps a running list of their faults. But God doesn't think much of that list. In today's edition of True North, Pastor Gary reminds you that God wants you to join Him in what He's doing in the world, even if you feel like you're not enough. You'll see God show up in big ways when you choose to trust Him more than your doubts and fears, and you partner with Him in the work He's doing. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 as he continues his message, A Desire to Inspire. And I believe where faith kicks in is not knowing how the end is exactly going to look because I really don't know who's going to respond and who's not. I really don't know how effective my ministry is going to be. But there's no way I'll know until I, with passion and patience and faith, serve God diligently and wait for the promise. I do know this much, if I get slothful and I get lazy, I won't see it happen. I won't see it happen. Because God, you know, somebody said, well, God can do it all and say He don't need us. Well, that's true, but He chose not to do it by Himself. He chose sovereignly to use us. So in in all reality, God's not going to do it without you. God's not going to do it without me. That's not His purpose for the church. The church is supposed to be the pillar and the ground for truth. Where else is this world going to find truth but at the house of God and and the people of God who will go out into the community and share that truth with others. Hebrews 12.1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do us so easily beset us. And let us run... With patience, the race that is set before us. Don't give up. And this, these principles apply across all, all things in life. It's not just ministry. It's, it's, it's marriage. It's, it's money. It's finances. It's relationships. It's anything that, that you need God to do for you. Run with patience the race that is set before you. You've got the faith, but do you have the patience? Do you have the patience? You know what will tell? Only time will tell. And if you can't give it the time, then you'll never find out. Amen. Verse 2 of Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You see that? He had a joy set before him. Do you think the cross was fun? Do you think the cross was easy? Do you think the cross was something that he looked forward to? No, 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 no. It said, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, he dealt with the the stuff in between here and there. And the reason most churches fail today and most churches die and dry up on the vine today is because they're not willing to do the stuff between here and there. God help us this morning. Do we have a desire to inspire? I tell you what will help you. 
get motivated about serving God is when you do something for somebody else and it blesses their socks off and they tell you what a blessing you was. You know what that'll do for you? They'll say, you know what? I like that. I like making a difference. I, I, I like being used of God. I want to do that again. But if you don't step out in faith and do something for God, you'll never have that experience. God help us to fall in love with inspiring others with the gospel. The Bible says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. So in other words, when you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, when you don't think it's worth the effort, when you feel like just throwing in the towel, remember Jesus. Remember the cross. Jesus was passionate about you and me. And he loved us so much that he was willing to endure all of that for the prize that came with it at the end. You know what this church can have? This church can have effective, I'm talking about booming, thriving. This church in a day and age where we're experiencing the great falling away all around us. This church can be filled to capacity, overflowing, needing to build another building if we have the passion, the faith, and the patience. You say, I don't believe that. Well, that's your problem right there. As long as you don't believe you'll do it, you'll never show forth an effort to try. Well, that church has been like that for the last 80 years. I don't reckon it'll ever change. Well, that's up to God, ain't it? That's up to God. That's, it's up to God. And I'll tell you this much, God wants it to change. God wants us to do more. I thank God for what we've done, but we're not finished yet. See, the problem is we, we get somewhere down the road and we think, well, so, Lord, it sure is tiring to do this. It's, well, I'm getting weary. I'm getting tired. And, and then we get to thinking, you know what? God's used us, hasn't he? And then we get to talking about what we did yesterday and all of a sudden we call it quits and we call it the finish line. We ain't even close to finished. We ain't even close to finished. Is there people still in your life that you know personally, whether they're relatives or co-workers or family members or what have you that are still lost? that are still unchurched? Are there still people, disgruntled uh, church members that are, that, uh, that are out there that need somebody to go visit them and, and restore them back to the faith? Then, If so, then we have still got work to do. Is there still empty pews in the church building? Then we've still got work to do. It's not time to quit. It's t- we ain't even got started yet. Do you have a desire to inspire? Nothing thrills me more than to be used of God. Nothing thrills me more than to preach a message and see someone respond in faith in Christ. And, and, and I just, I'm, I'm overjoyed by that possibility and that potential. And it drives me crazy when I get up and preach and I see no response whatsoever, or at least I don't think there is any, but I had to give it to God because I did all I could do. And you have to have the same determination that whether they respond or not, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to drop the bait in whether they nibble on it or not, whether they bite it, hook, line, and sink or not, I'm going to be there because one day, sooner or later, somebody's going to come along and I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life and it's going to be worth the wait. So I will put up with rejection today so that I can see something happen tomorrow. We've got to have that drive, that passion. So what does it take to inspire others? Number one, it takes passion. Number two, it takes patience coupled with faith. And number three, it takes promise. If I didn't have the promise of God that He would bless me for my efforts, I don't know how motivated I'd be. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know how motivated I'd be. Probably very, very, very little bit motivated, if, if that much. But the Bible said in Hebrews 6.15, And so after He had patiently endured, He obtained the promise. Isn't that good? 
God promises that if we serve Him, that in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I may not even know what that reaping might should look like, but I'll know it when I see it. Amen? And if I hadn't seen it yet, I'm still not there. I know this much, there's something inside of me burning and bubbling over to get something done for God before they sound the trumpet and Jesus comes back, amen. It's a fire shut up in my bones and I'm weary with forbearing and I just can't help myself but to try to inspire somebody to join me in the cause of Christ and serve God faithfully till He comes. Because there is a promise that if we serve God faithfully and we labor in love, that payday's coming. Payday's coming. Cheryl sits here this morning in a testimony of payday. Y'all know her story. She come, she started visiting the church that I was an assistant pastor of several years ago on the church bus. Come from a rougher side of town. Family life wasn't what she really preferred to have. There was trouble at home, trouble abroad, trouble all around. But you know what? Brother C.L. was just faithful to drive that bus every Sunday morning. Sunday night and Wednesday night. And sometimes when the church was so low on funds they couldn't even put gas in the van, he would pay for it himself to get them girls to church. You know what happened? They got saved, fell in love with Jesus. Have they been perfect? No, neither have I. But you know what happened? They had such a passion for God because somebody had a passion for them. She sits here today, our daughter, and her sisters love Jesus, serving God where they're at. And statistics would have told you that they are the least likely to succeed. Statistically, probably 60% or more of their classmates that they went to school with experienced premature pregnancy and having babies out of wedlock. Statistically, they should have never been where they're at today, but somebody labored in love. Somebody had compassion. Somebody, and guess what? Now look, we have somebody serving God, love Jesus, has a life of dignity and respect and honor because of something that Jesus did because somebody else is willing to be that extension of Jesus. Passion. See, that's the promise that we have, that if we serve God, and guess what? Everybody in this building this morning is a promise received. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody worked hard to get you in church. Somebody taught you the Word of God. Somebody prayed over you. Somebody invested into you. And today you're the prize of their effort because you are here. You are serving God. You, you have been faithful to the cause of Christ. You see, if we'll keep serving God and be faithful and diligent, we may not know when or who or how or why, but someday, sooner or later, Payday will come and we'll see results of our labor if we'll continue faithful to the cause. Don't quit church. Don't give up on church. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your neighbors. Don't give up on your community. Serve God faithfully and wait patiently for the prize. I fear that we've given up. By our actions, our actions testify against us that we are more motivated to not to do something than we are to do something. I include myself in that. God help us to be more motivated than ever to make an impact for Christ. It goes on to say in Hebrews 6 and verse 16, For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath. So God swear by Himself that He would bless us. You know why we don't live in the blessings of God? Because we don't live in 
passion for Christ, patience and faith that payday will come. Is it worth it? Mom and dad, is it worth it to serve God faithfully? Is it worth it to model for your children what a true Christian is supposed to be? Absolutely it's worth it. you got to think about tomorrow. You can't just think about yourself and today. you got to think about the things that you are telling your children, not by your lips, but by your deeds. Do you want them to have a passion for Christ? Question, do you have a passion for Christ? We, we want to cheerlead our children when they do something for God. And we, want, we say, go, baby, go. Go, baby, go. But we're sitting on the sidelines. You know how to motivate your kids? Get out into the highways and the hedges and beat the bushes for Jesus. They'll catch your fire. They might get it without you, but chances are they won't. I tell you what, you increase the chances when you get plugged in. You increase them dramatically. I, I attribute the fire that I have my soul to my father. My dad may not be the most intellectual person in the world. He might even, may not even be the most eloquent of speakers. No doubt he's not. But my dad had a passion for God that I will never forget. And that made an impression on me. He had a hunger for God. And he still does. My dad battles depression every day of his life. But he still has a passion for God. He's never let his depression cause him to quit. He's talked about quitting many times. Every once in a while, my dad calls me up and wants to quit. You know what? God privileges me with a little word of encouragement. Well, you know what I'm doing? I'm just feeding the fire that he fed me when I was a teenager. Amen. See, we, we draw strength and energy from one another. One day you're up and I'm down. One day I'm up and you're down. Guess what? We'll just help each other get there. Amen. You may not have the best week today. You may, you may have a bad week this week. You might have had a bad week last week. But look, get back up again. Serve God. Don't let that cause you to quit. Righteous man falls seven times and yet riseth again. The Bible says that. So get up. Know assuredly that God will bless you for serving Him. Hebrews 6.19 says, Which hope we have as an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. In other words, it's sealed by the very blood of Christ. Because it said in verse 20, Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, who became the great high priest that will never die. Christ's blood seals the deal. We, God made a covenant with Himself. He, and He cannot lie that if you serve Him, He will bless you. Serve God faithfully. You say, well, I don't feel too blessed today. Just hang on, honey. Paydays are coming. Amen? I imagine the first day after Jesus hung on the cross, they said, well, it don't look too good today. But just hang on, honey. Sunday's coming. Amen? That's right. Sunday's on the way. So, well, I, I don't know, Brother Gary. I, I, I don't see myself doing something for God. I, I'm too intimidated. I'm too shy. I'm too this. I'm too that. Hey, you've got to face your fears. You've got to be willing to step out on the water and let God use you anyway. You'd be surprised at what God can do with five loaves and two fishes. You'd be surprised at what God could do with a loud mouthed fisherman called Peter. Amen? You'd be surprised what God could do with somebody shy and timid like I was when I was a teenager. If you met me when I was a teenager, you never thought in a million years I'd be doing what I'm doing today. But God did that. God, did. I hear preachers talk about it. I still get nervous every time I preach. I'll just be frank with you. I get nervous about 10% of the time. That's God. That ain't me. That's God. That's God. 
Because there's a confidence when you get out in the, on the water and you, you, you walk on the water with Jesus. Guess what happens? You got your eyes on Jesus and nothing else matters. Amen? So, are you inspired? Now, I share this with you not to toot my horn. I share this with you not to brag on what God's done through Gary Cottle. I simply share this with you because you see me here today. I'm not talking about somebody that did it out in California. I'm talking about God using little old me from Trap Hill, North Carolina, and still most of the world never has heard my name and probably never will. Are you listening to me? But what God can do with just a little. Back in, I don't even remember the year it was now. It was either December of 2009 or December 2010. Sitting in my living room and I was, I had a desire to start a daily Bible reading program on Facebook and try to get some of my friends to read the Bible through with me that year. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll start a Facebook page and I'll invite my friends and we'll, I'll post the daily reading and we'll read it and I'll try to get some response and see what did God tell you in today's word. And I tried to create an open forum where people could say, you know what, I, something stood out to me today that really blessed my socks off. And, and what was funny about that, I did that for the first few weeks and really the only person that was really pointing out anything was me. I had people that joined the Facebook page. I had people reading their Bible, but people were too timid and shy to say anything. And then God spoke to me and said, this is really what I wanted. I want you to write devotions. I'm like, okay, okay. And since then, reading my Bible every day on Facebook has 7,000, almost 400 subscribers. I didn't do that. If you took probably the average uh, number of friends that people have on Facebook was probably around 200 and you multiplied 7,400 by 200 that means that potentially 1.4 million people may have been exposed to that page on Facebook isn't that incredible I'm telling you if you use the tools that are available today and just desire to inspire people with the word of God doors will open now that's not that's just the beginning we had a blog created, and that blog spot is what feeds that page. And we've had over 22,000 hits on that blog spot since we started it. Now, I want to tell you something. Back then when I started, I had just begun to pastor my first church, and I had a missionary by the name of Nathan Hafley come and present his ministry, and he was with Beacon Baptist Prison Ministry out of Florida. Hey, we got to talking about my devotions, and he said, Brother, we have a desperate need for devotions to our inmates. And he said, I happen to know a printing press that you could use to put your devotions in print. And we talked and discussed it, and I didn't know how we was going to do it because it cost about eight or $900 to print 200 of these little booklets right here. But I, I shared, shared the burden and the vision with a local pastor friend. The next Wednesday, they took up $800, and we bought 200 of these and distributed them to people that was requesting them both in prisons and locally and around town and uh this is called floodgates of heaven volume one book one of four because we decided at th that point to do it quarterly every three months and then four books will make a complete volume you will have a devotion for every day of the year the volume is complete but we only have one of the books printed now i share all that to just tell you that when you have a desire to inspire other people heaven will come to your aid to help you now we're nowhere near finished with this project it's been kind of put on hold but god's spoke to my heart about picking it back up and finishing what's been started 
Right now today, uh, God's house in Philadelphia has a ministry in India. We could send 50 books at a time to pastors there that would take those, that material and read it and get fed the Word of God and go share the truths that they found in it with their people. Right now, we have a ministry. Uh, Brother Russell uh, has a ministry. Uh, you don't know him, but uh, he reaches out to military personnel. He was a military veteran himself, and he, his desire and his passion is to reach people in the military, especially people who've been in war that struggle after the war with their emotions and th- those kinds of things. And, and, and right now, I spoke with him today, I could, I could send 50 books at a time to him. I've got a uh, I've got a connection in the Philippines. A lady uh, has a ministry where every year they get together with about 500 pastors and public school teachers in the Philippines. They want to get them some material that will help them learn the Word of God and take it and teach it to the thousands of students that they represent. They invited me a few years ago to come and to bring some books with me. At the time it didn't work out, but I believe one day that will happen. And see, I'm just pointing all this out to show you something. When you have a desire to inspire others with the Word of God and you do what God asks you to do, more opportunities and doors will open that you even, uh, won't even have time to address. You won't even have time to get to all of them. You don't even have the resources to do it all, but you can take it one step at a time, one project at a time, one day at a time, and trust God to help you in your cause. All of that over just a little devotion, a little blog page. Now, I, that's my story. But my question is, what is your story? Do you have something that you can give God? Do you have something that you can use to inspire others to come back to church, to get in the Word of God, to give their life to Christ? And I tell you where it starts. It starts with friendship and love. You may not know what to say or how to say it, but even just a a howdy every once in a while. We'll do more. You know, this world is so starving for attention today, starving for love and affection today, that just a howdy really makes a big difference anymore. We're so plugged into our computer world. We're looking at Facebook so much, we don't even see people around us anymore a lot of times. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We're so involved, but yet more disconnected than ever. Hey, lift your head up, look at somebody and smile at them. Shake their hand. Go visit them. Call somebody up. Text somebody. Use whatever you got to use to try to inspire somebody. I challenge you as a church today. This is my challenge to you. For the next 30 days, every day, pick somebody to attempt to inspire in some kind of way. Whether that be a text message, a phone call, a letter, a postcard, a visit, somebody Every day, pray, God, show me who I need to inspire today for the next 30 days. That's my challenge to you. I'm going to do it myself. And I want to ask God to tell me who I need to inspire today. And when somebody comes to my mind, I want to take that as a cue of the Holy Ghost. And I want to say, all right, that's who I need to try to inspire. And I'm going to try to find some way to speak a word of hope, to speak a word of encouragement, or just to let them know I'm praying for them, to let them know that I... I care, and if there's anything they need, uh, just let me know. Or if you like to talk about something, I'm available. Are you listening to me this morning? A desire to inspire. I believe that is the key to revolution in our ministry. I believe that is the key that can unlock the floodgates of heaven and pour them out on us because as we release the love of Christ, God fills it back up with His. But see, if we become a reservoir, kind of like the Dead Sea has an inlet but no outlet, guess what? 
God's not going to keep pouring in if it's not flowing out. So we've got to begin to become the floodgates of heaven. That's why we named the devotion Floodgates of Heaven. It is literally a release of what God is pouring into my spirit to share with others. And for you, that may look like something different. That's great and that's fine. That's wonderful. But find your thing and do it for Jesus. Amen. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCottle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCottle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at GaryCoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.